Hey everybody, this is Mark. Welcome to another episode of this poor pastor's podcast. What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore. I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I want to do something big and something important. I'm not like you. I'm nothing. Just let me be nothing. So where does the power come from to see the race to its end? I believe God made me for a purpose. If you commit yourself to the love of Christ, then that is how you run a straight race. Run in God's name and let the world stand back in wonder. Welcome. Was it as easy as it looked? No, sir. No, no sir, it wasn't. Well, hey, everybody, it is Friday. It is the Friday before Easter Sunday. I cannot wait. I I really am looking forward to this Sunday, assuming that our septic tank is not backed up and the toilets are out of order, which would make for a memorable Easter Sunday. But maybe things will come out all right. Oh, we've been fighting with this of all the weekends. This is the big one. This is even bigger than Christmas. Oh. Well, I want to talk to you about special days. I want to talk to you about Easter and Christmas and all the special days that pastors get to perform on and just give you something to smile about and commiserate with on this Friday before Easter. I hope you'll stick with me. Thanks for listening. I really didn't think too much about this when I was, um, well, when I was a kid. I didn't think too much about this when I was a uh, um, a college student, or even a Bible college student. But I'll tell you what, when I started pastoring from the very first week, I realized that uh, a man's home may be his castle, but his pulpit is not his own. Now, I know, I know, it's it's the Lord's pulpit, but, but hear me out here. I realized when I went to pastor that not just one, not just two, but possibly a dozen or more Sundays are out of 52. So, you know, that's a lot. That's more than 10%. That's more than God gets of my t- of my income. Um, greater than 10% of the Sundays were already designated as special days, days in which the pastor was expected to develop messages around these special days. Now, the two big ones, C and E, you know, Christmas and Easter, we get that, right? But then there is Memorial uh, weekend. There is Veterans Day weekend. There is homecoming, depending upon what part of the country that you are that you are in. Uh, there's Old Fashioned Sunday. There's all these different uh, special days. That um, there's Mother's Day. There's Father's Day. Uh, and and it just the list just seems to go on and on. To be fair, uh, so that I'm not 
giving you know too much emphasis to it. Probably the big ones would be um, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, July Fourth. That's three. Mother's Day, Father's Day. That's five. Uh, homecoming, Old Fashioned Sunday, Christmas, and Easter. What am I missing? What big days am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing something, but that's eight. All right, that's still greater than 10%, okay? Eight. Eight times a year, people came to church already expecting what they were going to hear. Now, I did this for the first year or two. Um, and if you're a new pastor, or if you're a pastor of a, of, of a small church, um, one that you did not start, the high likelihood is that you inherited a certain number of special days that uh, people expect to have. Now, here's the kicker, right? Not a single one, not Easter and not Christmas even, (laughs) whoops, not a single one are mandated in the Bible, but you better believe tradition dictates we better be having these special days. Now, before I get in trouble, I do look forward uh, to Easter, um, and I like and I love the Christmas season. I mean, I really do. You're not going to hear me uh, talking about them, you know, well, there's pagan holidays we shouldn't be, it's right up there with the computers and things, and it's paganism and it's finest, and Christians shouldn't have anything anything to do with it. But no, I, I, I love Christmas. I love the, the Easter uh, season. Um, I love my mother. I love my father. I honor our veterans, and I'm thankful for those who gave their lives in the service of our country. And I did sure love uh, fireworks. At least I used to, but I mean, they do it every year. It gets old. But anyhow, I love I love our country. Uh, all these different uh, different things. But here's here's the here's the problem. These are um, inherited holidays um, that people come to church expecting that you're going to do something consistent with that day uh, every year. And so here we are on on Friday, um, then before Easter, and people, uh, depending upon, again, their faith tradition, whether they come from Catholicism or the Eastern Orthodox Church or uh, the Reformed tradition or any, I don't know, whatever they're coming from, um, they're they're expecting certain things on Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Good Friday, and then you have sunrise services and all these different things. And I just I just got to be transparent with you. It gets exhausting to me trying to maintain all of these traditions, right? Maybe that's just a problem with me. Now, if you're a guy that you thrive on tradition, you thrive on all that stuff, then God bless you. Go keep going for it. I'm just saying, maybe there's other guys out there like me that are like, oh no. You know, I gotta, I gotta prop up and maintain this system all over again. Again, I'm just pointing out that the Bible doesn't tell me that I'm supposed to do all these things like Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Good Friday and all that stuff. There's nothing in the Bible that says I have to do it. So if you want to do it, that's fine. But there's nothing that says you can't be a good Christian if you don't do it. But you better believe that for Christians, especially Christians who don't make every Sunday an important day, 
then this is going to be a big one. You know, um, m- moms and dads are expecting their grown kids uh, who no longer come to church to come to church with them on that day, and grandparents are expecting grandkids to show up that day, and there's going to be a big Easter meal uh, afterwards, and it's just going to be a celebration, and it's going to be wonderful. And, and, and they're expecting to come to church, and the pastor's going to preach a traditional Easter message, so they already know what is going to be taught, they already know the text, they know where you're going to go, there's no surprise, hey, the guy rose from the dead, right? So they're going and, to—and people just—it's it's, it's just tradition and form, and oh, sometimes it's, it's wearying. Now, I don't have a problem um, with, with special days per se— what I get frustrated with is when people dictate to the church how we're supposed to structure uh, our Lord's Day. And I don't care whether it's for a, um, a Christianized holiday like Christmas and Easter, or if it's for a patriotic holiday like July 4th or Memorial Day or Veterans Day or Mother's Day or Father's Day, because guess what? It is, first and foremost, the Lord's Day, right? Sunday is the Lord's Day. Before it was Mother's Day, it was the Lord's Day. Before it was Memorial Day and Veterans Day, it was the Lord's Day. Um, So, I want to talk about you know how I view some of these special days, and again, you're welcome to disagree with me. If you do agree with me, great. If you don't, that's okay. Doesn't bother me. You don't have to agree with me. Um, it's all right. Um, I don't mind being all alone. Uh, okay. I went through it a period where I was like, I ain't doing nothing on those special days. It's the Lord's Day, and I ain't preaching a Mother's Day message. I ain't preaching a Father's Day message, and the veterans can go jump in a, in a lake. You know, I went, I went through a, a period like that early on. Then I was talking to a, a, an older pastor, someone with wisdom and experience, and he said, you know, Mark, I, I understand what you're saying, and you're, you're not wrong, which is something I always love to hear, by the way. He said, you're not wrong, but... It'd be a shame to miss the opportunity that is presented by these by these special days. That when there is something that is on people's minds already, don't miss the opportunity that might be presented to um, to teach a truth or a message that is in line with what they're with what they're thinking. And this could be on a holiday or if some major event happens in our world or nation. Um, don't ignore the fact he said that people's minds are on that and that they may be coming to church to to hear um, how the Bible relates to this thing that has happened. So I, I I've, I've kind of I've tried to find some middle ground here. Um, on Memorial Day and Veterans Day and Fourth of July weekend, we try to do some things that um, uh, that are special. So on July Fourth, I don't preach an "I Love America" message. Um, uh, I don't. I don't do that. Uh, our song leader does like to sing some patriotic hymns. I'm not opposed to that. That's wonderful. Let's do it. But I don't preach a patriotic message or a message about how much God loves America uh, or how America is going to hell in a handbasket. Um, 
I just I just preach it. It's a normal Sunday message, but we do usually have a patriotic dessert contest after church on Sunday night uh, with some sparklers for the kids. So we're going to acknowledge the the special uh, nature of the weekend, but the church service itself um, that that's just that's just pretty much just like normal. On Mother's Day and on Father's Day, uh, I will. Um, we usually give a gift to the moms. Uh, we give a gift to the fathers. But you know that that's gotten harder. That's gotten harder lately. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, you'd you, you would you know they'd have kids hand out carnations to all the moms that are present. But now, now you have to include everyone who doesn't have any living children. But don't forget the mothers who had uh, who had uh, miscarriages. And okay, so all right, they're mothers too. Yes, so we're going to give them a carnation. Well, then uh, don't forget about so and so. She always wanted kids but couldn't have kids, and she'll feel bad. I'm not joking. This is the kind of stuff that pastors hear. They're going to feel bad if every if all the other mothers get uh, carnations, but they don't. It's not their fault. They're not a mother. They wanted to have children. So now we're giving carnations to all the women who wished they could have been mothers. And it just feels like, oh, man alive, you see what happens. So uh, a few years ago, I was just like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to exclude women who wanted to have kids but couldn't. But this is, if we're going to do something for Mother's Day, if everybody's special, nobody's special, right? And in one sense, everybody's special. But you see, I'm just going round and round because this this is the kind of nonsense that pastors have to tiptoe around on these special days. It's like a minefield. So I don't preach, or I rarely, let me say that, that that's more honest, I rarely preach a message anymore, specifically on mothers, on Mother's Day. Why? Because that's what people come expecting to hear. I want to acknowledge mothers. I want to have a prayer thanking God for mothers. But just because our nation decided this Sunday, this given Sunday, belongs to mothers, does not mean that as a pastor, I have to allow a national holiday to co-opt the message of God every year on that Sunday without fail. I think also to be sensitive to to the people that I'm ministering to, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I ignore it. So we acknowledge the mothers, we give a gift to them, we give a gift to the fathers. Um, but then I, I, our church knows I'm just going to preach a regular message on that day, and you guys can go out after church and um, and buy your mom a nice meal, take her to a restaurant, do something nice. But we come to church to worship the Lord. And I don't want people to come to church on Mother's Day feeling like, unless I'm a mother, the message isn't for me. Every Sunday, I want to make sure that the message could be um, a profitable for everyone, not just a specific segment of people. This, and so for the same reason, I don't preach a Memorial Day message or a Veterans Day uh, message. Now, I know a lot of pastors will use the war and warrior motif uh, to preach a onward Christian soldiers kind of message on that day. Okay, that's fine. Every pastor can do according to the dictates of his conscience, as long as it's not contradicting Scripture. But it just gets exhausting. It just gets exhausting. So I, I've told our church, look, don't expect me to make a big deal and to preach an extra special message and try to fit the Bible to this national holiday. Now, when we come to Christmas and Easter, I make some exceptions. But how many Christmas messages can we possibly preach? I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, of A dear lady um, uh, confessed to me this week 
that last week I, I, I was talking about, um, we've been going through the book of Job, and I said, you know, I'm going to set aside Job for last week and this Sunday, and I just want to have an extra special emphasis on on uh, the uh, the resurrection of Christ and that sort of thing. And she said, when you said that, Pastor, I kind of smiled, and I'm like, oh, okay, here's another, here's another Easter message. And I think a lot of people feel that way, that, all right, we've heard all these, I mean, there's only a couple of chapters, we've heard all of the possible takes there could be on this on this subject, right? And whether they have or not, and whether that's the right attitude, again, it speaks to the fact that people tend to uh, check out when they come to an Easter service out of obligation, expecting already what to hear, we can't expect that they're going to be too tuned in. At least that's been my experience. Again, I may be talking here completely out of, uh, out of, out of my, um, how can I say this appropriately? I, I, may, be, I may be just... Um, uh, spitting in the wind here. I may be the only one, but I get frustrated on these on these special days. But for Christmas and Easter, I will uh, set aside some time to focus on both the immense biblical importance to the um, advent of Christ, the the coming of Christ the first time, and then especially around Easter, I want to celebrate uh, the importance of of the resurrection. But even there, how many times do we have to fight every year over the subject of Christmas and Easter? Because Christmas is a pagan holiday. You know, you got that Christmas tree and you blah, 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 and Santa Claus and Satan Claus. You know, there's only one letter of difference between Santa and Satan. <laughs> and, all right, and there's only one letter of difference between God and dog, and we shouldn't read too much into that. I mean, that's just kind of, that's the nonsense, the popular level nonsense that goes on. And so we're going to leave Christianity because it's pagan. So if the pastor mentions Christmas, he's a pagan. And people fight about this stuff every year. The same with Easter. Well, Easter is a pagan holiday, you know, Ostara and everything. And ignoring the fact that scholarship does not support uh, that kind of view, but it is the popular level internet gossip, rumor mongering kind of stuff. And so there's Christians that say, well, maybe we shouldn't call it Easter anymore. Maybe we should just call it Resurrection Sunday. And well, maybe we shouldn't call it either one because it's not in the Bible either way. But um, it, but I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't care if you call it Easter. I don't care if you call it Resurrection Sunday. I just get exhausted fighting about the title of a day that is supposed to be celebrating, a day on which we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, we get so worried and so busy fighting about these days. One person esteems one day above another. Another person esteems every day the same. Stop fighting about it. And don't, uh, Pastor, don't get drawn into uh, the mud-slinging um, Middle Earth debate about the the title, whether it's Easter or whether it's Resurrection Sunday, is Christmas pagan or is it is it is it not? Was Jesus born in September or December or maybe it was more like June? And I don't you know I I don't know. All I know is that the Bible tells us that Jesus was born and it was a really big deal because God sent the host of heaven uh, to to sing out a message of deliverance and peace to the ones who heard it. And then I dead sure know that Jesus died on the cross. Historically, we know Jesus died on the cross and there's a really good reason to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And so I do make a big deal about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
I just get frustrated getting drawn into the debate and get into the frustration of having to perform and put on an Easter cantata and a Christian cantata, a Christmas cantata and a, a patriotic cantata and all this different stuff. I just, I'm so jealous that Sunday and the gathering together of believers be about the Lord and about fellowship and about edification and that we come together for the better and not for the worse. And I don't want to cater to those who want a Christmas tree on the platform or cater to those who think Christmas is pagan in the church, but they're fine with it in their house. Or that Easter's a pagan holiday, but they still use the months of the year and the days of the week, many of which were named after pagan gods. I mean, it's just nonsense, right? It's just nonsense. We know why we get together on Sunday. We know why the New Testament church met on the first day of the week. And I love, I love the Easter holiday, more so now than I did when I was a kid. Not because of Easter eggs and candy, though I'm kind of partial to that. I, I kind of like Cadbury eggs. They're like my favorite. Oh, man, I love Cadbury eggs. Of all the Easter candy, um, if there was an Easter candy being handed out in Jesus' day, it had to have been Cadbury eggs. Like, I love those things. Love those things. And Peeps. Yes, I said it, and I'm not taking it back. I love Peeps, and I ain't ashamed of it. I've been eating peeps since I was a kid. Y'all are my peeps. I love peeps. Everybody loves peeps except the people that don't, and we don't like those peeps. But it's not about all of that. The celebration on Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday is perhaps the most important thing to be reminded of in Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is perhaps the most important event in the history of the world. And that is not hyperbole. It was upon the basis of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that Jesus verified the truth of who he was. He based the truth of it off the resurrection. The power of God, Paul said in Ephesians, is demonstrated. Uh, the power of God in us is, was demonstrated when God raised Jesus from the dead. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But without the resurrection, there is no gospel. Now, I want to I make a big deal about the resurrection. I don't think we make a big enough deal about the resurrection. I think the resurrection of Jesus Christ is of so great importance that it, should, it deserves more than just a one Sunday a year kind of thing. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that if the resurrection is not a fact, if Jesus didn't rise bodily from the grave, we are not even saved. We are still in our sins. Our loved ones who have died are lost to us. And every pastor is a false prophet. And again, I think, I think we really need to rethink the resurrection. I think we need to re-examine it. I think we need to rework our emphasis. We talk a lot about the death of Christ, and the death of Christ is important. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world, yes. But the death of Christ alone does not save anybody. 
You know, did, did Jesus, did, did, how, who was saved by the death on the cross? Well, here's the question. Without the resurrection, it didn't save anybody. The resurrection is of vital importance. And that's not me, that's Paul saying that. Because Paul said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, we are still in our sins. Not only that, but Paul also said in Romans that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He didn't even say that you have to believe Jesus died for you, although obviously I, I'm not there in that verse I just quoted in Romans. But we believe Jesus died and that he rose. But Paul said part of the gospel is you got to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Why? Because without a resurrection, there is no salvation. Now you say, well, I believe that. That's, that's really important. How many of our gospel tracts focus, emphasize, or make important the truth of the resurrection? The majority of our gospel tracts say this. You have to believe you're a sinner. You have to believe Jesus died on the cross to save you uh, and, and trust Jesus Christ. You know, put your faith in Jesus Christ and, and, and you'll be saved. But Paul said, you got to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. That's a big deal. Any gospel that is, that in which the resurrection is absent, I think it's important to ask, are we even preaching the gospel? I'm just saying, Paul said it, right? Paul said in Romans that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So Paul said the resurrection is, is, is vital to, to salvation. Then in 1 Corinthians 15, he repeated it when he said, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then our preaching is in vain, your faith is in vain, you are yet in your sins, we're all lost, this, we're of all men most miserable, all based around the reality of the resurrection. And that means the resurrection is so important that it deserves more than just one day out of the year. It deserves more than just Easter. That What, what bothers me about Easter celebration is it's Easter lilies and it's fancy hats and it's boiled dinners and it's uh, grandparents having their grandkids come to church and it's everything but uh, emphasis on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we don't even hardly talk about the resurrection the rest of the year. And yet Paul said, without it, we're wasting our time, right? So I'm thinking about this Sunday and we're talking about the resurrection. There is so much. When you read the book of Acts, you'll find the apostles more often than not talking about the resurrection of Christ more than the death of Christ. Because lots of people died. Only one person came back from the dead. This was the sign of Jonah that Jesus said was the one sign you were going to get. The resurrection is key. It's vital. And pastors, I just want to encourage you this weekend, or if you don't listen to this until after uh, Easter Sunday, then the next chance you get on a Sunday, really take some time and remind your people, remind yourselves how important the resurrection of Jesus Christ is. I remember sitting in an airport in South Korea, flying on my way to the Philippines one year, when, and I was talking with some ladies that I had met there, some Filipino ladies. We were waiting to, to fly to Cebu, and they found out I was going to go preach at a youth camp, and we were talking about that. And I noticed a gentleman listening, and after a while, he worked a little bit closer and closer, and he finally came down after I was done talking with the ladies and sat down across from me, and he said, I heard that you're a Christian. And I said, yes. He said, I'm a Muslim. He said, I've always wanted to meet a Christian and ask this question. 
I said, well, what question is that? He said, why is the resurrection so important? Why is the resurrection so important? That he asked me that question a little over 12 years ago, and guys, honestly, it stumped me. You know why? Because at that time in my life, at that time in my ministry, having grown up in a place that emphasized the death of Christ and the gospel was just, hey, believe Jesus died for you and you can go to heaven when you die, we didn't talk much about the resurrection. I mean, we believed in the resurrection, but it didn't have a really pivotal place. It didn't inform our theology. All we cared about was going to heaven when we die, not what the resurrection entailed as far as because Jesus rose bodily, we're going to rise bodily, and there's going to be a new creation, and we're going to have these bodies. They're going to be different than our bodies, but they're going to be bodies, and because of a resurrection, that means that uh, it, it answered the questions about a reincarnation. It answered the questions about being absorbed into the ether, absorbed into the universe, becoming one, like a, uh, the, the, um, the Eastern view of just being absorbed into the great nothingness uh, or great everything. The resurrection was just, it was key, it was pivotal, but I, but I had never really been asked that question, and I didn't have an answer for it. I wish to God I could go back 12 years and sit across from that man and say, what difference does the resurrection make? Let me tell you, let me tell you, the resurrection is everything. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is key. It's pivotal. So if there's one, if there's one service, one special day that I that I that I look forward to and that I won't give up on, it's Easter Sunday. But I don't want to get bogged down in all the pageantry. I want the focus to be, hey, Jesus has risen from the dead. And because he rose, we will be risen. Uh, if the spirit of Christ dwell in you, the same spirit that raised his body will raise our bodies and transform us. And we have a blessed hope, a glorious hope waiting for us, a new heaven and a new earth in resurrected, transformed bodies. This Sunday, since we got to do it anyway, let's take the opportunity and focus on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope it's awesome. And I'll be back Monday with another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. Let me know how your weekend goes. Thispoorpastor at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Happy Easter, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>